It's crunch time. Get the latest news on the Syracuse Crunch and the next wave of lightning stars. Now, with your host, Lucas Favalli, on Lightning Power Play. Hello again, everybody. Welcome inside Upstate Medical University Arena in downtown Syracuse for another edition of Crunch Time. Hope you're having a great day here today and a great week as we begin February and the second half of the year for the Crunch well underway. The unofficial second half of the year following the AHL All-Star Classic also underway. The Crunch coming out of the All-Star break this past week with a pair of games, one on the road, one at home. And the Crunch, well, they lost both of those games. So they're trying to find their way as they uh, hit the stretch run here for the playoffs over the final couple of months of the year. And for Syracuse, the margin of error is very thin at the moment. They don't have a whole lot of room to mess around anymore as they are out of the playoffs at the moment and uh, falling fast the way they've gone here recently. Five-game winless streak for the Crunch right before the All-Star break, and now out of the All-Star break. So that's where the Crunch would like to improve on things here and begin a push back towards that playoff line. At the end of the day, the Crunch are only four points out of the playoffs, but they are the only team in the North Division right now under 500 at this point of the year. A lot to talk about here on Crunch Time. Great to have you here, though. I'm Lucas Favalli, voice of the Syracuse Crunch and your host here on Crunch Time. We will discuss that All-Star break, what the Crunch hoped they would have gotten out of all of that obviously certainly uh, didn't work the way they maybe had envisioned coming out of the break we also chatted with the two crunch all-stars cameron gauntz and alex barre boulet we'll have a very quick interview with uh, barre boulet here that we had earlier uh, last week uh, when he came back from ontario california we uh, talked off the air with cameron gauntz so we will discuss uh, his thoughts on the all-star break as well and uh, some other folks we'll hear from later on in the program as well. We'll hear a little bit from Daniel Walcott, uh, Alex Volkov, among others, as the Crunch look to get squared away here with the second half of the season well underway. Well, the Crunch, like we said, played two games out of the break. It started on Friday night in Rochester against the Rochester Americans. It was a game that featured a Hall of Fame induction ceremony for the Amherst, so a very long, lengthy pregame ceremony. A 7.05 expected puck drop probably didn't get underway for an extra 15, 20 minutes after that. And by the time the game was going, though, the Amherst came out, played a very strong game. The Crunch lost it once again, 3-2. to two. It was a game that afterwards, the conversation was surrounding the Crunch's effort and the compete level, which was not where it needed to be uh, for the Crunch to get a win that game. And, and quite frankly, the, the turnovers were there as well as they lose that one against the Amherst 4-2. to two. The first period, Scott Wedgwood faced two breakaways, gave up two breakaway goals, a couple of turnovers by the Crunch, directly leading to those two breakaway goals uh, for the Amherst. Crunch got in the game, though. It was At one point, it was 1-1. One one. After a breakaway goal, Daniel Walcott scored a wonderful shorthanded goal. And he made it a 1-1 tie, took a you know a little steal at center, made two great defensive plays in the neutral zone. We've got to talk about Daniel Walcott here. We'll get to him a little later on, like we said. He was our guest on Crunch Weekly this past week. And you can catch the full Crunch Weekly on the Crunch's uh, SoundCloud page, but we'll get to uh, that in a little while. Uh, first, you know, he made a great play in the neutral zone twice during the penalty kill for the Crunch. Uh, poked the puck away once. 
The Amworks recovered it, poked it away again, stole it, worked in offensively, took a left side shot. There was a save, but he beat his man to the rebound and scored to tie the game at one for his first career shorthanded goal. It was his fifth goal of the season, which tied a career high. He had that a couple of years ago. Remember last year he was hurt, obviously, so couldn't quite build on that. Uh, then he came out and scored another goal later in the game. The Cruncher down by uh, two goals. It was 3-1 to one after the Amherst had scored that second breakaway goal that we mentioned in the first period. They had a 2-1 lead heading into the second. They scored an early power play goal to start the second period. They were up 3-1. to one. Cruncher started to get in that game, though, a bit. And then they scored to make it 3-2. to two. Daniel Walcott with a deflection off of a Patrick Seeloff shot. And it was a 3-2 game. They had momentum. You felt like maybe the game was ready to teeter into the Crunch's favor. And then on the ensuing shift, a terrible blue line turnover by the Crunch. And the Amherst went in on a two-on-one, and well, they scored. It was a save initially by Scott Wedgwood, but the rebound was potoned by C.J. Smith. And that was really it. The Crunch never able to push back again, and they lose the game 4-2. to two. Uh, That was your final score on Friday night. Saturday night, almost a similar script. Crunch went down again, 1-0 and 2-1. They got goals uh, by Taylor Radish. Both goals from Taylor Radish, who we'll also talk about a little later on here on Crunch Time. He's been one of the Crunch's best players here recently. Crunch, though, tied the game at two. They took a bad penalty in the offensive zone late in the second period. And Providence capitalized with a power play goal. They went up 3-2. And uh, the Crunch were never able to get back in the game. They had a couple of opportunities. I mean, they, the Crunch played a pretty strong game on Saturday night at home against the uh, Bruins. But the teams they're playing have been very opportunistic. And they have capitalized on every Crunch mistake this year. And uh, that is the way it's gone. Crunch were down 3-2 after a bad penalty and a power play goal. It stayed 3-2 most of the rest of the way. Uh, then uh, Providence scored three goals late. One was an empty netter, uh, but it was three goals in just a couple of minutes with, what, four or five minutes to go in the game. And from 3-2 to two went to 6-2. to two. So while the scoreline looks like it was a blowout, uh, definitely not the way that game went. The score is not a good indication of that. They played pretty well and just couldn't get the uh, results. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. This is a, a game at a league which is driven by results, and the results are not there at the moment for the crunch. So uh, it is a five-game winless streak for Syracuse, 0-3, 1-1, and, 1, and uh, right now 46 points in the North Division coming out of the All-Star break. But shifting back to the All-Star break for a moment here, uh, Crunch had two All-Star representatives. It was Alex Barry-Boulet and Cameron Gauntz. I know last week we, uh, on the show, uh, talked about the uh, skills competition performances for both Gauntz and Barry-Boulet. And uh, then the next day was... Uh, Late Monday night last week, when the All-Star game actually took place, the uh, the full tournament, the round-robin-esque tournament, uh, where each division plays each other, and then you uh, determine a winner. Well, the North Division did not win a game uh, at the All-Star uh, competition on Monday night. Uh, Alex Barbelay and uh, Cameron Gons each scoring a goal or two and a couple of points for both of those guys over the course of three games. Uh, for the uh, North Division, but the North went 0-3. One of them uh, was uh, what a shootout or whatnot. Uh, but the North does not get farther than just the round robin after winning it the last two years. But uh, that was how the All-Star events went for those two guys. At the end of the day, though, I, I think they both enjoyed their experience. I was chatting with both of them when they came back to Syracuse after all of that. You talk about a crazy uh, trip, though. Wild schedule in terms of travel. 
And uh, both of those guys, you know, leaving from Syracuse on Sunday, very early in the morning, but getting in around 2 o'clock or so out in the uh, Pacific time zone out in Ontario, California. And they had a very, very quick turnaround just to get to the rink and get to the events that were needed. And so that was kind of the uh, the theme, I guess, of what was going on uh, for those guys uh, moving forward. Uh, it was kind of wild, but that's the way it went. And uh, at the end of the day, I guess that's that's the way things go <laughs> uh, when you're uh, an Eastern Conference team going out west for the All-Star Classic. So uh, we'll get to Alex Barre-Boulay in just a moment, uh, but those are the two guys who represented the Crunch. Speaking of the All-Star Games, though, some uh, news in the American Hockey League coming out just this past weekend. Next year's AHL All-Star Classic is shifting up to Quebec as the Laval Rocket will host the All-Star Game next season. That's exciting. That's uh, back on the East Coast, at least, for uh, Crunch fans and for Crunch players. A much more manageable travel schedule, I'm sure, uh, for the All-Star Game next year as opposed to where it was this year. Now, of course, it's close enough where the guys will probably end up driving up or whatnot. I know I was talking with Alex Barry-Boulay right uh, before it was being announced I was chatting with him, and, and he said, well, I, I better be there again next year. That's obviously his home province, and he played uh, his junior hockey just outside of, uh, well, basically in Laval uh, with the Armada. So uh, very exciting news there for the Laval Rocket, who are currently in their third season of the American Hockey League, and next year they will host the AHL All-Star Classic. I'm sure that would be a great event. That's one of the great buildings in the league, one of the newest buildings in the league, and we're uh, looking forward to seeing what the Rocket can bring to the All-Star Classic next year. But we've been talking about the Classic. We've been talking about the two Crunch All-Stars. So might as well get you now to our short conversation with Alex Barre-Boulay before one of the games this weekend for the Crunch, talking about a couple of different things. But part of the main focus was on his experience at the All-Star Game out in Ontario, California. Crazy All-Star Week for you, obviously. I know we talked about it before the break, what you know, what you expected, but now that you've done all of that, how was the All-Star experience for you? Oh, it was a great experience. I mean, being, being over there uh, in California with, with the best player in the league was, uh, was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, it was nice to see everyone's skill set, so um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. You said going into it, you didn't really know anyone. You, did you have a chance to, you know, meet some new players? Obviously, make some new friends in the the couple of days you're out there in California. Yeah, I mean, most of the guy on my team, uh, we, we got a bit of chance to talk because you know we're in the same locker room, playing the same team. So, yeah, I've got to, to learn uh, to know a little bit about the guys um, on the Eastern Conference. But other than that, you know, I didn't really have time to talk with like the Western Conference guys. For you, I mean, before we, uh, when he had talked initially, it was just USC All-Star. You got a teammate who went with you, Cameron Gonso. Did that help in terms of uh, getting out there and at least having a familiar face initially when you got out there for the All-Star? Yeah, I mean, it was nice to have uh, Gonso over there, too. Uh, he deserved it, and, uh, you know, it was nice to have uh, an older guy there uh, to kind of lead me. What was the, uh, so you obviously participated in a couple of events during the skills competition, which I know we were talking earlier. You had a crazy travel to get there that day, but you got a chance to participate participating some of that what was uh, maybe your favorite event from the uh, the competition on Sunday uh, you know it's always fun to see the hardest shot I mean uh, Martin Ferg shot I was pretty impressive uh, uh, it was fun to see other than that you know the the, the, the four uh, four corners uh, shot that was pretty cool too but uh, you know, overall all the all the stuff that we were, we were doing over there was pretty exciting what was it 108 or 109 whatever it was did it 
did it look like it live? I mean, that was clearly a, a bomb that Marty Furk had. Did it look like it when you were out there? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a bomb. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm happy that he's, he's not in our conference and we don't play him. Yeah, he was a thorn in the Crunch's side a couple years ago in the Calder Cup Finals. Here with Crunch forward Alex Barry Boulay, you get through the whole experience. How do you think that will, you know, go going there? How does that help you moving forward? And maybe you learned a thing or two, or at least had a chance to gain some confidence out of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, whenever you get. Um, a reward like this is always nice, uh, kind of kind of boost up your confidence. So uh, I felt great for the second half of the season. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're all ready for, for, for the challenge that we have right now. Our thanks, as always, to Alex Barry-Boulay for joining us, whether it's here on Crunch Time or, you know, on our broadcasts and whatnot throughout the course of the year. Always a fun guy to have around and have on the air and do some things with uh, here in Syracuse as uh, he uh, a pretty good representative for the Crunch at the AHL All-Star Classic this past week. But here at there, very difficult travel, but a fun experience overall, good weather. Um, he was saying before we talked about all of that how, how surprised he was, how nice the building was there in Ontario, and said it's almost like a place Bell in the Val. Very similar, apparently. Uh, I've never been there myself uh, over in uh, California, but um, I guess it's a pretty good facility, and maybe that's why they had the All-Star Classic there after all. That's what you'd expect from... Uh, a, a team that is hosting the All-Star Classic, and, and there you go. That's the way it shook down for Barry Boulay and for Cameron Gons this year at the AHL All-Star Classic. Well, the Crunch came out of the break, though. Like we said, they dropped a couple of games in a row, one against Rochester against a division rival. Then they went back inside the Atlantic Division and lost to the Providence Bruins. That was a home game for the Crunch, but now Syracuse will go on a four-game road trip, including a matchup against another Atlantic Division team, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Crunch only have a couple of games to go against the Atlantic Division. Bridgeport has been one of the few Atlantic Division teams the Crunch have had some success against. They are 2-1 against Bridgeport. And remember, they went 2-0 against Hartford. They struggled against some of the other teams. 1-1 against Providence. They had a chance on Saturday to sweep a season series with the Bruins for only the third time. And, and the Crunch and the Bruins have played on and off since the Crunch joined the American Hockey League. Providence is one of the few teams in the league that predated the Crunch, and uh, the Crunch have twice in their history swept a season series with the Bruins. One was way back in the 90s, and then most recently, just a few years ago, in the 2017-2018 season. So the Crunch had a chance to do that again this year, but the Bruins, like we said, came out with a 6-2 win in a much closer game than that scoreline would indicate, but they won it 6-2 in Syracuse on Saturday night. Scott Wedgwood played both of those games for the Crunch. Wedgwood, of course, had missed uh, the weekend last weekend with an injury. He missed an extended stretch over a month with an injury. Came back, uh, was pretty solid in his uh, return against the Utica Comets on that Martin Luther King Jr. game here in Syracuse. But then he had to leave the next game in Laval the following uh, the Wednesday, a couple of days later. So, wasn't sure if he would play both games or not this weekend. Uh, coming out of the break and, and, you know, recovering from an injury. But they stuck him out there on Friday night. Was pretty good against the Amherst. Uh, we mentioned the three, two breakaways and one odd man rush, two-on-one goal that he gave up against Rochester on Friday night. Well, Saturday he had another breakaway goal against him. A couple of really good opportunities against as well. Made some okay saves, but we'll see. Still now working on the back-to-back -back situation for the first time in a long time. At least uh, when he, you know, had to leave the game against Laval, a couple of weeks back, he had a day of rest in between 
Monday and Wednesday's game. But Friday, Saturday, back-to-back, -back, there was one point in the second period, late in the second period, where it looked like he did tweak something again. He, uh, whatever he's got, his lower body ailment, he went down, made a save, was a little sluggish to get up. He actually had a lunge across to make what was a very nice save. Uh, got back up, was a, you could tell he was in some discomfort. At one point I was saying the Crunch just need a whistle and get him off the ice if needed. But he stuck it out, he stayed in the rest of the game and, uh, you know, finished it off for the Crunch. We'll see how he feels uh, this week when the Crunch have three road games starting in Bridgeport on Wednesday morning and then Friday, Saturday in Rochester and Utica, two huge critical games for the Crunch. Time is now for Syracuse. We'll see if they can get going here in the beginning of February. Okay, we'll step aside here from Upstate Medical University Arena. Coming back, we'll continue crunch time in just a moment. We'll get to Luke Witkowski, Taylor Radish, and we'll hear from some other players coming up in just a little bit. All right, we'll step aside, back with more crunch time in just a moment. Welcome back to Crunch Time with your host, Lucas Favalli on Lightning Power Play. We are back here in Upstate Medical University Arena in downtown Syracuse as we continue with Crunch Time. Great to have you here as the first week of February is underway now and uh, we get closer and closer to spring. Flying by here this season as the Crunch have under 30 games to go in the regular season. Great to have you here though. I'm Lucas Favalli, voice of the Syracuse Crunch. Hope you're having a great day wherever you may be spending it and hope you're enjoying the program so far here today. Crunch, come out of the All-Star break, back-to-back -back losses, now winless in 5-0-3-1-1 record for the Crunch, and now down to four points out of a playoff spot in the North Division, which all things considered, they've got to be very fortunate and pleased with where they are, the way they've been playing, and, and with the way they, uh, you know, keep losing. But only four points out of it. I mean, if the Crunch can just find a way to get a couple of wins, they're right there. But they haven't been able to do that yet uh, here this year. They haven't been able to string them across. And right now they're under 500 for the first time all season long as they are at 20-21, 3-3 with 29 games to go in the regular season. So still plenty of time to get a turnaround. But the Crunch, I mean, uh, quite frankly, they need to win probably at least 20 of those 29 games remaining if they want to really have a legitimate shot of making the Calder Cup playoffs this year. That would give them 40 more points if they can get 20 wins, get them up to 86 points on the year. They're at 46 right now. Assuming they uh, won those, you know, 20 games and didn't lose anything in regulation, 86 points would be close to the playoff line. You'd have to imagine the way it's going right now in the North Division. But uh, we'll talk more about the uh, the outlook for the crunch moving forward and what we have seen just in the immediate last few games for the crunch and what they can improve on moving forward. We'll get to that in a little while longer. But we were on the injury subject right before the break, talking about Scott Wedgwood, who is back in the crunch lineup once again after missing a month and change with an injury, returning, missing last weekend with another injury, but returned this past weekend and was okay for the crunch in two starts, two losses, though, for Scott Wedgwood. Well, sticking with the un injury news, we shift now to the crunch captain, Luke Witkowski, who is so, so close to returning, which is obviously very important for the crunch. I think there is no bigger piece missing of this crunch puzzle right now than outside of, obviously, the consistent goaltending, which the crunch have not had this year, than their captain, Luke Witkowski. And I think once he is in the lineup, 
we'll really get a sense of if the Crunch have a run in them this year or not. Assuming no one else gets hurt, if Wedgwood is in the lineup and with Witkowski in the lineup, whenever that may be, you'll get a sense of what this team might or might not be able to do the rest of the year. If they continue to struggle, then obviously we know where the Crunch's season will end up. If they can get on a run, then who knows? But right now, they are anxiously awaiting the, awaiting the return of Luke Witkowski, who is so close to returning. He, I think, was pushing to get back this past weekend, was not quite ready to go. Um, now he's away from the team this week, so probably will not be playing this week, uh, as he has gone back home to Michigan to welcome in his first child. That is expected later this week. His wife expected to give birth here this week, so he has gone back home, and that's at least what I've been told, is I don't think he'll be here uh, at the very least on Wednesday, but I don't think he'll be here Friday or Saturday either, as far as I know. If he's here, great. If not, well, that's, I mean, probably shouldn't be if, you know, your you know, mind's on your first child coming in, and, and there you are. Uh, but after that, maybe he'll be ready to go the following Wednesday and, and the rest of the uh, season for the Crunch. That's probably the best-case scenario for Syracuse right now. His injury has probably lingered a little bit longer than the initial hopes would have been when he got hurt in Charlotte back in the middle of December, approaching almost two months now with this injury, but... And at the end of the day, uh, it is, it's a high ankle sprain. And those are hard to get a read on. They're hard to really come back from. And that's what we always hear. You hear it from every player who goes through it. The players who have gone through it in the past, it's an injury where you just you never know. One day it might feel okay. The next day you skate on it and it feels terrible. And so it's a very hard injury to gauge. And it's an even more difficult injury to really bounce back from and be ready to go so quickly. And so uh, while I think the initial timeline was probably a little shorter than this, I guess you can't really be surprised that it has taken this long. And, and uh, it's just one of those finicky type injuries that always happens. And... I certainly hope that Luke Witkowski can be back at full strength and ready to go within the next week or so. If he can, like I said, not only will that solidify the crunch defense and what we'll probably see for the rest of the year once he returns, it will give us a good sense of what this team is capable of the rest of the year. Now, there's not a whole lot of time left in the rest of the year. That's the trouble. But it'll give us a good idea of where they're at. Crunch have lost a lot of close games, maybe... The addition of Luke Witkowski can, you know, keep a goal off the board or add a goal in the crunch's favor. They've lost a lot of close games, and, you know, having your captain of the lineup can help settle down this team, which feels like it's just a hair off lately with, with the way they go through some stretches and, and dealing with momentum. They get a little out of sorts. And they haven't been able to recover as quickly as they maybe have been able to do so in the past. And, and that might be part of, of the uh, trouble for the crunch. And maybe having a captain of the lineup again will be able to settle down this team a little quicker and, and keep the team more in, uh, in positive spirits. And not to say they're not positive. Off the ice and, and you know, after games and, you know, during the weeks of practices and whatnot, it's, a, it's still a very positive group. But it feels like in games, they... Just something switches where they're a little over anxious, whatever it might be, and they haven't been able to be fully composed and fully locked in to the way we have seen over the recent years for the crunch. So that's uh, what we're looking for with Luke Witkowski moving forward. Well, one guy who has had some good success here of late since uh, the turn of the calendar in particular is Taylor Radish. 
And Taylor Radish, a second-year pro, after, I would say, having a, uh, I don't want to say an underwhelming first couple of months of the year, but Ben Grew said it's it's not the way we expected him to come. He was uh, had a much slower start to the year than, obviously, Taylor Radish was hoping for and that the coaching staff had also been hoping for. But he has turned his game around in a hurry, playing much, much better of late. And since the start of 2020, he is the Crunch's leading scorer. He's got 14 points over his last 14 games. He leads the team in goal scoring with eight goals in that span. His 14 points also the most in that span. And he scored two goals on Saturday night against the Providence Bruins uh, for his second multi-goal game of the year. Now, Taylor Radish has done a lot of his scoring against the Atlantic Division. Two goals there against Providence. He had his other two-goal game came against Bridgeport. Had a huge couple of games against the Hartford Wolfpack. He loves playing against the Atlantic, which is fine. The Crunch have a couple of more games to go against the Atlantic division. But it feels like for Taylor Radish, this is the most consistent we have seen from him, most consistent offensively at least, we have seen from him really since early in his rookie year. Remember, he had a nine-game point streak from October to November last season. He got off to a great start as a rookie, was really putting up points, scored a lot early on, then kind of went up and down and had a roller coaster second half of the year, was still okay, but was not producing at the level that he did right out of the gates as a rookie, which was probably a little uh, put up, you know, maybe a higher bar because of the way he came out of the gates putting up those points. Had a good rookie year, no doubt about it. But now he is back to maybe that level and playing I think a much more consistent from top to bottom from the all three zones. He's finding that consistency and the offense has been there at a much more regular rate over the first month of 2020. So if that can continue, that is important for Taylor Radish and for the Crunch because they need players who are consistent and scoring at a regular rate for the Crunch. If they want to get back into the playoff picture, First of all, they need to work on the defensive side of things and keeping the puck out of the net. But they do need to get some scoring as well, and Taylor Radish can be one of those goal scorers. He is what Ben Grew has called before a pure goal scorer, and he went through a stretch here this year where he wasn't scoring a whole lot of goals. But he's got eight in his last 14 games now and certainly finding his way back offensively here as the season has hit the second half of the year. Well, the Crunch had two games this week. Mentioned Taylor Radish had two goals on Saturday against Providence. The other two goals were against Rochester on Friday, and those were scored by Daniel Walcott. <laughs> so two games, two multi-goal scorers for the Crunch. Daniel Walcott on Friday night and then Taylor Radish on Saturday. Daniel Walcott is playing some of his best hockey of his career. He's up to a career-high six goals now this year, approaching his career-high in terms of points. He's been doing it all for the crunch and energy jolt here and there and a very productive player for Syracuse. He had two goals on Friday, his first career two-goal game, and now he hopes to continue to build that moving forward for the crunch. Well, we talked with Daniel Walcott on Crunch Weekly this past week, right before the crunch played their first two games out of the All-Star break. We'll get a snippet of that conversation here in just a moment, but first here is... Head coach Ben Grew talking about the progression that Daniel Walcott has shown over the number of years that Ben Grew has had him as a player here in Syracuse. You know what, Wally's uh, he's been very consistent at bring that energy and uh, uh, going to the net and uh, being physical. And so he's he's having a great season. And uh, you know what, he was close to have his hat trick at one point. 
and uh, like can't happen to uh, a better guy than him and uh, it's uh, I thought he was a leader again last night so it's good to see that you see the way he's progressed over the time that yeah. you've been coaching him I mean you've had him for a number of years now missed most of last year with an injury but yeah. to see the way he has come along as a defenseman now moved to a forward he's been yeah. taking faceoffs. what can that kind of you know what can you use from that to maybe show some of the other youngsters on this team I think it's all about maturity and uh, Playing within his limitation. Don't try to do too much. Play within your limitation. Takes, take what the other team's giving you, and more and more Wally uh, become that type of player. He's blocking shot on the PK. He's he's becoming one of our top guys on the PK. So it's it's a nice uh, progression to see, and uh, obviously a great example for uh, some other guys. And you can just feel how much. Ben Grew appreciates what Daniel Walcott has done uh, for the Crunch over the last couple of years. And again here this year as a player on the ice, as a leader off the ice, he is a critical piece. He's that that glue guy, the guy who makes everything tick for the Crunch. And boy, is he fun to have on on the air. And, you know, we had a nice long conversation with him at Tully's this past week for Crunch Weekly. Here is part of that conversation. And you can catch the full conversation with Daniel Walcott on the Crunch's SoundCloud page. Just visit soundcloud.com slash Syracuse Crunch, and you can find it all right there along with some of the other audio that we have throughout the course of the regular season. Well, I mean, it's four days. I always see it as two travel days, so it's really realistically two days on a vacation if yeah. you travel. So I try to just stay stay around. This year I had a lot to do around the house, so free I get it all done. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to see uh, some guys come back with the tan that they didn't have. And it's like I remember last year, Andrew, I was like he was darker than me when he came back. So it was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, I mean, guys do different things. You know, guys go home, guys go down south, guys whatever they feel like doing and yeah. and however they can refresh and be ready for the last part of the season. Well, uh, you mentioned it. You were a homeowner this year for the first time, uh, and so you had some work to do cleaning up, but you continue to, to make it your home. What's What's been the whole experience as a homeowner been like for you? Well, there's always something to do. It's definitely, you realize that when you're in an apartment, you think there's always something to do, but when you're in a house, like there's a lot of places you don't go all the time, and it's dust collects up and real quick, so... Uh, you know, just going around. It's easy to hire someone to do it, but I figured I'd do it myself. I mean, I do have some tenants I can help out, but they were <laughs> they gone. They don't. So they make the mess now. Yeah, yeah. So they're pretty good. Well, yeah. Well, let's talk about them. I mean, since we're already on the subject, uh, Danik Martell and Luke Witkowski are your roommates, tenants, whatever you want to call them. It, it's what, what is, uh, what's that been like uh, as you've had the, the house this year with those two? And, and then I'm sure everyone drops in from time to time. Yeah, I mean... We started off, the basement wasn't done, now it's fully done, the couch, every, all the furniture's down there, but it started off, we just had the upstairs TV, and the one kind of small couch that you can fit two and a half on, and Luke's a big guy, so he always took the biggest part of the couch and just laid down, so we'd have to find a way to maneuver around him, so we'd, we'd bother him, but we like to gang up on Luke a bit, <laughs> you know, he's the... He's the soon-to-be father and the older man of the of the house, so we kind of like to pick on him. Uh, and now that we have a couch downstairs, he just lives down there, so yeah. it's good. I mean, we have a good time. It's, I always like being around people. Like when they're gone, you know, I, <laughs> Get a I lonely. I enjoy the space, but like I enjoy the space for a couple of hours, and it's like, hey, where are they? Who, who can I bother? Who <laughs> yeah. can I annoy right now? So, 
uh, I'm curious. I mean, you mentioned when he first got there, taking up the couch. What's the dynamic? You're the, you're the, uh, you know, you're the the landlord, but he's the captain. How does that dynamic work out, or does it not really matter once you get away from the rink? Yeah, as soon as we leave that rink, and it's just me, him, and Marty. You're in charge. He's like the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> he's the third one to join the house, so oh, he, yeah. he he gets the smallest room. He gets all the the crappy benefits. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, definitely right from the rink, he ain't the captain. Okay, that's Daniel Walcott, who was our guest on Crunch Weekly this past week here in Syracuse. And like I said earlier, you can catch the full conversation with him by visiting the SoundCloud page for the Crunch at soundcloud.com slash Syracuse Crunch. Okay, we'll step aside one final time here. Come on back with our final segment of the program. We'll get into what the Crunch need to do and improve on in the second half of the year as they look to snap a five-game winless streak and get back in the playoff race in the North Division. We'll get to that and more as we come back with our final segment of Crunch Time coming up right after this. Welcome back to Crunch Time with your host, Lucas Favalli on Lightning Power Play. Okay, we're back here in Upstate Medical University Arena in downtown Syracuse as we continue with Crunch Time. Final segment of our program here today. Great to have you along. I am Lucas Valley, voice of the Syracuse Crunch, and your host here all year long on Crunch Time. Well, we've been talking about where the Crunch are at the moment. Some of the recent prime producers for the Crunch, Daniel Walcott, who you just heard a bit from our conversation with him at Crunch Weekly this past week. First career two-goal game for him on Friday night in Rochester, including his first career shorthanded goal. And now up to a career-high six goals this year and only a couple of points away from his career-high in terms of points. Both of those coming just a few years back here for the Crunch. Taylor Radish has been a big-time producer recently as well for Syracuse. Two goals for his second multi-goal game of the year and second of his career that came Saturday against Providence, and he leads the team in scoring since the turn of the calendar with 14 points in 14 games from January into now the start of February. But despite all of that, the Crunch are now at 46 points in the North Division at 20-21, 3-3, and and a 489 points percentage. For the Crunch, they are the only team in the... North Division, that is below 500, and they're one of only three teams in the entire Eastern Conference below 500. The good news for the Crunch is they are still only four points out of a playoff spot. That's because the parity in this division and this league are so tight right now. Belleville is really pulling away from the, well, I would say the pack, but they're only four points clear of Rochester. But both of those teams are on nice winning streaks again, four and five games respectively for Belleville and Rochester. But really, any team can win on any night, and the margins are so thin, and that, more than anything, is why the Crunch are struggling this year, because they haven't really played great. They've played decent. They've played well a lot of the time, but they haven't played well enough to win some of the times, and even the games where they feel like they've played well enough to win, they haven't necessarily won all of those games. Ben Grew at the start of the weekend said, you know, he was looking, when you look back at the first half of the year, the Crunch probably deserved four or five more wins than what they have right now. And that's significant. Whether it was games that they lost in regulation, lost in overtime or a shootout, if you add five more wins to the Crunch right now, boy, it's a whole different ball game. And so that's the margin right now, how thin things are in this division, how thin they are in this entire Eastern Conference. 
and you lose a couple of games where maybe you should have won, and that can turn the tide of a season in a hurry. And that's part of the reason why the Crunch have struggled. Now they're on a five-game winless streak. I mean, more than anything, we know it's the goaltending and and keeping the puck out of the net, which has been the Crunch's bugaboo all season long. Crunch have given up now the most goals in the American Hockey League. They are last in the league in goals per game against, averaging 3.64 goals against per game. That is last in the league. And it is a huge discrepancy from where they were a year ago. They were, you know, the, one of the best teams in the league. They gave up, gave up the fewest goals they had ever allowed in franchise history last year. And here we are with 171 goals allowed in 47 games. Just a stunning turn event, turnaround from last year to this year. Now, that's, I mean, it just tells you. They're four points out. They've given up the most goals in the league. Their offense, most of the year has been good in the last five. And why the crunch since the Christmas break only have four wins is because of the inconsistency from one game to the next. The last five games, the crunch don't have a win. They have scored more than two goals only once. If that offense can come back, part of it is, you know, their big-name players, the Jamel Smiths, the Alex Barre-Boulets, the Corey Conickers, have gone in a little bit of a scoring drought, at least compared to where they were earlier on a few weeks ago. Well, when you couple the fact that the Crunch's offense has hit a little bit, at least relatively speaking, dry spell, plus you mix in the fact that they have struggled to keep the puck out of the net, that's where this five-game winless streak comes in for the Crunch. But again... If you look at things with a glass half full, there is so much room for improvement for this crunch team, starting from, you know, from the back end. And and we mentioned it, getting Luke Witkowski back. If this team gets Luke back, they can, and starts to keep the puck out of the net, they can turn things around in a hurry. Again, I know we mentioned it already. There's not a ton of time left. The Crunch, are, they're up against the clock now, but they're still only four points out of a playoff spot, and they have not played their best hockey yet this year. So I think that is, more than anything, the most encouraging part of where the Crunch are right now. Yes, they are technically in last place in the North Division, but the encouraging signs are there. The fact that they are still fighting every game, they don't get out of games very often. And even in a game that was 6-2 to two on Saturday night, it was a game until the last five minutes there. It's a 3-2 game, back and forth, Crunch never led. But they were in the game. They kept fighting until uh, Providence finally was able to pull away with a couple of minutes to go in that game with three back-to-back uh, -back goals um, late in the third period. But, again, this team doesn't give up. They're in almost every game. They might go down by two. They find a way to get back within one. They, they can tie the game sometimes. It's just a matter of now coming out on top on some of these games, the, some of these close, close games. This year, the Crunch are 8-6-3-3 in one goal games this year, which is a significant drop-off from a year ago. And again, part of it is, you know, you're either scoring a, a fewer goals than last year or you're giving up more than, than last year. And obviously, it's the, the latter more frequently than the former. Instead of maybe winning a game 3-2, you're losing that game 4-3 this year, which is obviously a problem for the Crunch. But those games, the, the one and two goal games, you know, you might get a two goal game where uh, a team adds an empty netter. Cruncher combined 12-12-3-3. So they're right there. If they can turn a couple of these close games around and, and turn them into wins, that becomes a significant jump for the Crunch. You look at some of the other teams in the division and, and how they fare in close games. Belleville, 13-6-3-1. That's pretty good. Binghamton, 10-5-4-0. That's also pretty good. You go down the list, you get to uh, 
Uh, some of the other teams in the division, Laval, 12, 5, 4, and 2. Very good, including a couple of wins against the Crunch. Uh, Rochester, 14, 6, 2, and 4. The Crunch and the Amherst have played six times this year. Five of them have ended in one-goal games, and four of them have been won by the Amherst. That's a big, big factor in things here as we at where we stand right now. That's Rochester. You look at, uh, you know, Toronto, 8-5-3-2. That's not great. That, and that's why the Marlies are still in the race right now. They're they're hanging in there, but they're they're out of the playoffs at the moment. And then Utica, 10-5-2-2, pretty good. Uh, for the Comets, and that's why they are in a playoff spot. So it's it's pretty obvious where the Crunch can improve on things. We didn't mention Cleveland either. Cleveland at 9-4, 2 and 2. They're pretty good in these tight games. They still have not found uh, the great success. They're at 500. They're right in the mix as well. But they haven't been great all year long, and part of it is because they've had so many call-ups to Columbus, and a lot of their big pieces and guys who you expect to be contributing for the Monsters have been contributing instead for the Blue Jackets. Uh, but, I mean, that's one of the key factors right here is are those games uh, that are tight, that are one-goal games, Crunch have not found ways to win these games, especially recently. And so that's, again, glass half full. The Crunch haven't played their best hockey this year, and they have a, they're still only four points out of the playoffs. Now, on the flip side, and something that Ben Grew said before the game on Saturday, which you'll hear in just a moment, is the fact that they're still making the same mistakes they haven't been able to clean up their game. And it has become, uh, I would say, more, more and more consistently, you know, sloppy at times uh, with turnovers. And that was what played the crunch on Friday night. That's why Ben said it on Saturday uh, before the game. He, it's disturbing, is, was the word he used, how they have not been able to clean up these turnovers. And, and it's something that will, at the end of the day, keep a player here as opposed to maybe making the NHL. It seems like we don't learn from our mistakes. We're, we're turning the puck over three times, give them three goals. It's, uh, we have 30 more games to go. And not learning from your mistake, it's a bad sign for a hockey player. And uh, it's, it's disturbing at this time of the year, disturbing the certain plays we made. And a certain decision that was made on the ice last night, and uh, tough one. I know it's something you've been talking about all year is the turnovers, and obviously it's an area where you've been trying to get this team to learn, but you said haven't learned, I guess. What do you think that is the root cause of that, and, and is there are the guys trying to do too much, or what do you think is maybe the, the cause of that? I think sometimes it's awareness. Sometimes it's not uh, seeing the risk. Sometimes it's... Uh, it's being a gambler. He, he, on the ice, it's all about decision with the puck. And more and more, it's that. And you, when you can't make those plays, you're putting your team at risk. And that's the first thing you need to do to play in the NHL. The coach in the NHL will not trust you if you give the puck to the other team all the time. So at the end of the day, I mean, the Crunch need to clean it up, obviously. That's the key. If they can limit these turnovers, they can get an extra save or two a game, and if the offense can be consistent, that's going to be very helpful. I mean, the penalty kill and the power play have, for the most part this year, been decent. But for the Crunch, their penalty kill has really struggled of late. They've given up goals in 13 of the last 16 games now on the power play. So that's another area 
where during this stretch with the crunch have lagged in the standings. It has been fueled by many different things. Penalty kill is part of it, and they need to improve on that as well moving forward. So a lot of room for improvement for the crunch. And, and again, the good news is they're only four points out of a playoff spot. It's amazing. And if they can get on a little bit of a run here, they can be a, they can still be a very dangerous team. I mean, you look at the players on this team, there's no reason they cannot make the playoffs. There is absolutely no reason that they cannot be a playoff team here in the North Division by the end of, uh, of, the, end of the regular season. They're going to need a lot of health. They have a lot of teams to jump over. Currently slotted in eighth place out of eight. They need to get all the way up to fourth. But they're tied with two of the teams already. They're only a few points behind the other two that are right in front of them in the playoff race. So, again, you might not be happy with the way the Crunch's results are going right now. But you have to be, I guess, somewhat comfortable or at least content with where the Crunch are at. Because they could be they could be 10 points out of things right now if some of the other teams right in the middle of the pack had pulled away like they could have. But they haven't, and that keeps the crunch in the race, and that keeps things interesting as we really get going here in February with under 30 games to go in the regular season for the crunch. Well, there are some big events coming up for the crunch here over the next couple of weeks as well. Big-time home games for Syracuse. First on the docket, and if you're here in Syracuse, if you're down in Tampa Bay, if you're wherever you might be, uh, there's some exciting games and some exciting specialty jerseys coming out. We just rolled out the uh, teaser video and uh, the feature stuff for what will be Miracle on Ice Night, February 14th here at Upstate Medical University Arena. The Crunch of the Comets playing on Valentine's Day, but it will be a very special night as the Crunch celebrate the 40th anniversary of Team USA's stunning upset of the Soviet Union. Crunch will be wearing specialty Team USA-inspired jerseys, which look wonderful. You may have seen the video that the Crunch put out uh, just this past weekend. Luke Witkowski skating around with uh, that Team USA-inspired jersey. Instead of the USA across the chest, though, it says SYR. They look phenomenal, and we are very much looking forward to wearing those on February 14th. In addition to that, one of the members of that gold medal winning 1980 U.S. Olympic team, Ken Morrow, will be here in Syracuse. A little meet and greet action for him uh, during the game. There'll be a VIP option as well. So if you are a Team USA fan, if you're a Ken Morrow fan, if you're if you're just in the area, you got to come on out. It's going to be a, I'd be shocked if that game isn't sold out. Probably getting close already, uh, but some awesome packages to meet Ken Morrow as well, who is a wonderful person, and we're very much looking forward to chatting with him at some point when he is here in a couple of weeks. So that is the first of the major things coming up for the Crunch. Uh, the week after that, on a uh, Saturday night, it is Pride Night here in Syracuse, as the Crunch will uh, wear specialty Pride Night jerseys, and it'll be the first time the Crunch do that. We are uh, excited to see what those look like and what they're like on the ice. Now, that is on the uh, 22nd of February, so more information will be coming from uh, about that here over the next uh, days and weeks. Uh, but the Crunch have two big specialty jerseys coming your way over the next two and a half weeks or so with Team USA Miracle on Ice Night on the 14th and then Pride Night on the 22nd. That is, I mean, that's pretty neat. Great stuff from the Crunch, and back-to-back uh, -back, uh, big-time jersey nights over a couple of weeks here in Syracuse. And then the Crunch have their major event of the year. It's their major fundraiser for the Crunch Foundation. It is Crunch at your service. If you're in Syracuse, if you're a Crunch fan, and if you've gone to it before, you know how much fun that event is. If you're not from Syracuse, but maybe you're a Lightning fan and you want to meet some of the up-and-coming rising stars, 
and maybe see what they uh, might be like off the ice, there is no better fundraising event than Crunch at Your Service. And it is, uh, it's awesome. It's at Turning Stone Resort Casino. Uh, the players are there. Basically, the... Uh, they're waiters for the night, but they can do all sorts of fun events and fun uh, tricks, all for tips, which all go to the Crunch Foundation. So it is one of our most exciting events of the year. I can't wait for it. We are about a month away now. Whew, it's it's so much fun. Last year, there were some great moments as well. So we're very much looking forward to that March 2nd at uh, Turning Stone Resort Casino. For information, you can visit SyracuseCrunch.com slash C-A-Y-S for Crunch at your service. That's Crunch.com slash C-A-Y-S. And you can get all your information there. Uh, tickets start at $65 for individuals. You can get a full table of 10 uh, as well for up to uh, $500. So it's And it's a great Great uh, opportunity to, to meet the players, interact with them at a totally different level, uh, and uh, you know raise some money for uh, wonderful causes here in Central New York. So those are the big three coming up for the Crunch here over the next uh, month. You've got Miracle on Ice Night on February 14th, specialty jerseys. You got Pride Night also with specialty jerseys on the 22nd, and then March 2nd. You can reach uh, the Crunch and come out to the fundraiser Crunch at your service. So a lot going on here in Syracuse. And obviously in the midst of all of that, the Crunch are in the midst of a playoff race and would love to string together some wins here this week as they hit the road for three. It'll be a Wednesday morning game to start things off this week. 10.30 puck drop in Bridgeport, Connecticut against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. The Crunch's second and final school day game that they'll play on the road this year. The other one was a very successful win in Hartford against the Hartford Wolfpack. Still, still, amazingly, it's Hartford's only home regulation loss all year long. The Wolfpack are 19-1-0-2 at home this year. Their one regulation home loss came against the Crunch way back, way back when, near the start of the year, on a school day game in Hartford. So that is where the Crunch will be on Wednesday in Bridgeport this time for a school day game. Then Friday and Saturday, familiar foes Rochester and Utica who comprise pretty much the half of the Crunch's schedule the rest of the year. They get them back-to-back on Friday and Saturday on the road. So big action, big week this week for the Crunch. And then we'll recap it all again next week right here on Crunch Time. Okay, that does it for us. Thanks to everyone who joined us here today. We heard from Crunch Head Coach Ben Grew, Alex Barry-Belay, Daniel Walcott, among many others here on the program today. For all of us with the Syracuse Crunch, I'm Lucas Favalli saying so long from Syracuse. We'll chat again next week with another edition of Crunch Time.